Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. Happy July 4th. I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're having a wonderful day. Let's get started. This time, we are talking about The Cartographers by Pung Shepherd. Here is the summary. What is the purpose of a map? Nell Young's whole life and greatest passion is cartography. Her father, Dr. Daniel Young, is a legend in the field and Nell's personal hero. But she hasn't seen or spoken to him ever since he cruelly fired her and destroyed her reputation after an argument over an old, cheap gas station highway map. But when Dr. Young is found dead in his office at the New York Public Library, with the very same seemingly worthless map hidden in his desk, Nell can't resist investigating. To her surprise, she soon discovers that the map is incredibly valuable and also exceedingly rare. In fact, she may now have the only copy left in existence— because a mysterious collector has been hunting down and destroying every last one, along with anyone who gets in the way. But why? To answer that question, Nell embarks on a dangerous journey to reveal a dark family secret and discover the true power that lies in maps. The Cartographers was published in 2022. This is another one from my Book of the Month subscription. Our author, Pung Shepherd, was born and raised in Arizona. Her first novel, The Book of M, won the 2019 Newcomb Institute for Literary Arts Award for debut speculative fiction. She has also written and published a novella called The Future Library about the last forest on Earth. Now, The Cartographers is a book for people who like maps. Old maps, paper maps, globes, libraries. I'm just old enough to remember using paper maps on road trips. I also remember learning that the maps I had seen in textbooks my whole life, the ones that I thought accurately portrayed the world that I lived in, were inaccurate or just best approximations that could be done, because it turns out that making a flat map of a spherical planet is difficult, actually. The point is that I'm one of those people who likes maps. I even knew about phantom settlements before reading this book. I mention this because a few years ago I read a book about a mysterious, magical bookstore which should have been right up my alley and exactly the kind of thing I liked. But I didn't, because the main character didn't actually like books and instead spent all his time creating a computer program to solve the mystery of the bookstore. I didn't ever finish that book. It did not strike me as a book for people who liked books. This is a book for people who like maps and libraries. This book is a mystery, and it also has magic realism in it. And I talk about 
magical realism a little bit in my episode on a history of wild places. But just a quick overview, magical realism is the inclusion of magic or magical elements in a story that is otherwise realistic. It's also a little bit about finding magic in the mundane and embracing how mysterious our world can be. Now, I think it was over a hundred pages into this book before the magic realism element really got going. As I have mentioned once or twice on this podcast, I do really like fantasy books. I love magic. I know this about myself. I actually spent the first hundred pages of this book trying to convince myself not to be disappointed if the magic never showed up, but it did eventually so if you're like me, be aware that it's in there, it's slow to start, but I do like what it added to the story. Our story itself begins with Nell Young, seven years after her dreams of becoming a cartographer were crushed by her father. Basically, when she was an intern working at the New York Public Library in their map division, she found a box of old maps in storage and brought them to her father, expecting him to be impressed by her discovery of a hidden treasure trove of maps. He was not impressed. Instead, they end up in a screaming argument, at the end of which her father has her fired from the library and blacklisted in the industry. This is referred to as the junk box incident, all capital letters, by absolutely everyone in this novel, by the way. Which, I understand that they're all in the same field, and probably cartography is not a very big field, but it just felt a little silly. Because even the villain at the very end of the book refers to the junk box incident, and I just kept thinking about the noodle incident from Calvin and Hobbes' comic books. Maybe that was a purposeful reference and I wasn't supposed to take it very seriously. They treated it very seriously, but I don't know. So we find Nell working at a company called Classic, which makes map reproductions and does things like artificially weathers them and ages them and adds sea monsters in the margins. It's the closest thing to a job in cartography she could find after her father had her fired. Understandably, Nell has some unresolved anger toward her father. She has spent the last seven years wondering what happened, what the big deal was, why her father had such an extreme reaction to a basic roadmap ruining her future over it. And she's been alone for the last seven years. Her father raised her by himself, and her boyfriend broke up with her at the same time as the junk box incident. <laughs> Noodle incident. So Nell is summoned back to the New York Public Library by the news that her father has died at his desk due to a heart attack. There is evidence, however, that someone broke into the library around the time of his death, so the police are not ruling out foul play just yet. In her father's desk, while the police are distracted, Nell finds the same old map that he had kicked her out of the library over. 
She spent the last seven years wondering what went wrong and what it was about this map specifically, and to find it hidden away in her father's desk. She decides she'll figure out what was the importance of this map, why did her father have her fired over it, and why is there a mysterious group called the Cartographers who seem willing to do anything to acquire this old roadmap, including stealing and arson and maybe murder. Nell needs help. She can't do it all on her own. She reunites with her ex-boyfriend Felix, who also got fired during the junk box incident, capital letters. Nell and Felix sort of embody classic versus modern maps. Felix now works at Haberson, which is our Google corporation of this book. Haberson is run by a reclusive rich guy who is obsessed with creating a perfect map. I think Shepard did a good job of combining new and old systems of maps here. You can't really do a book about maps in the modern era without mentioning the fact that we are almost completely reliant on digital maps now. And I, I always have a little trouble reading contemporary fiction. I just don't want to do it. It tends to highlight and explore the problems that our society has, often in a good and interesting way. I'm just already overwhelmingly aware that our society has so many problems. I think that's part of why I prefer heavier fantasy and science fiction. I like my reading to take me somewhere else. This is one of those things that I am working on because I think it's important to acknowledge problems in our society and look at them and not ignore them. But sometimes I do just want to go somewhere else. That's just a little tangent. Sorry. So the Nell and Felix team up doesn't really last very long. Nell's obsession with this map and with the past drives Felix away again. She's been alone for seven years, and you can kind of understand why. Contrasted with this is something that got kind of annoying for me in this, was the number of people who were extremely protective of Nell. Which I know is an extremely petty complaint. It just got repetitive for every new person Nell met to be, like, connected to her family and her past and to have, like, parental feelings and want to protect her. And then you would have Nell say, but I'm young, I'm so stubborn, so you better let me do what I want. And then they would say, yeah, you know what? Youngs are stubborn. I guess we better let you do whatever you want. Anyway, that's a minor complaint. Nell's search leads her to her parents' old college buddies, who gradually, piece by piece, tell her the story not only of this old roadmap, but also of her parents. And we get into some flashback sections of this novel, which sort of edge into the dark academia subgenre. Now, if you've never heard of dark academia, it can cover a lot of ground. The specific things I would look for would be 
It would have an insular group of friends who are very close, very focused on their relationship with each other and their shared academic interest, which is usually an esoteric niche subject which the whole group is obsessed with. Also usually takes place at a university, thus the academia aspect of this. But to truly be dark academia, the friend group must eventually discover a secret that tears them apart or kill someone and cover it up. Usually both. Usually the secret leads to them killing someone and then they have to cover up both the murder and the secret. Two examples of this I can think of are The Secret History by Donna Tartt and If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. What Nell's parents and their friends discovered in college is that some maps have errors on them. Doors, rooms, stairways that either didn't end up being built or were included in the blueprints in order to protect the copyright of the maps. And if you have a copy of a map that has that unbuilt stairway or that phantom room the stairway or room will exist for you as long as you hold a copy of that map. Which is delightful. I loved this. Could I sort of see it coming? Absolutely. It was still a lot of fun. And so the reason the old roadmap Nell found is so special is that it has a phantom city on it a whole town that only exists if you hold a specific version of this map. And like I said earlier, someone has been stealing and destroying all copies of this map. Nell may have the only key to returning to this phantom town. There are layers upon layers of secrets to uncover about her parents and her parents' friends, including a storyline about an affair that I found annoying. But, again, minor complaint. I have, like, three minor complaints about this book. But, of course, Nell's journey will eventually lead them to the Phantom Settlement, where, of course, there are still more secrets to uncover. I thought the end wrapped up a little too neatly. They seem to think that, like, just bringing the bad guy to light was enough to take him out of play, which I highly doubt overall. I don't know. I guess it was a little more of a hopeful ending. But because it's based on real society, and I know the way real society would treat a situation like that, I don't believe it as much. I know that was all very vague because I'm not spelling it out, but I don't want to spoil the ending for you. I don't know. You read it and you tell me what you think about the ending. Overall, I enjoyed this one. I do wish we'd gotten to see Nell do more cartography. She had like one scene at the beginning of the book where she thinks about what she would do to restore a map, and obviously she has a lot of map knowledge, but she has to rely on Felix's knowledge of modern maps and her parents' friends' expertise. I know she was kicked out of the industry before she really got into it, so maybe that accounts for it. Shepard was inspired by the story of a real phantom settlement, 
which is a fun story, and I'm including a link to the Wikipedia page about that in the show notes if you want to read it yourself. I had fun with the story despite my one to three little complaints. This was another book from the Book of the Month Club, and I think it's my favorite one I've gotten from them so far. If you want more media like this, you can obviously try those Dark Academia books, which were The Secret History by Donna Tartt and If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. Also, if you want to hear from Pung Shepherd, she is on a podcast called Writing Excuses as a guest for a few episodes, where she talks about how to structure stories, different story structures you can use and what they're good for. Um, Those episodes are Writing Excuses Season 17, Episodes 9 through 16. Join me next time to hear about The Phantom of the Opera by Gaston LaRue, I think. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it, or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.